Preparing to live stream. Hold on. Hold on. Three. Three. Two. 10987653. Two. 10987653. Two. 10987653. Two. One. And we're live. Let's go. <laughs> what up, YouTube? I'm what up, internet? What's goody with the internet? What's good? It's the basics podcast live from New York. Oh, wait, from California, Montana. We're live. I'm Powerful Web, and this is Tribal Fitness. (laughs) Uh, This is Justin. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Sorry, bro. I'm not matching the energy quite yet, but I will get there as soon as this drink starts to kick in. And as soon as I light this Spligano. Bro, let's go. Dude, I'm there. I've been there all day. We're four. I'm, we're four. Oh, sorry. I stepped away from the mic. We're four. Count it. One, two, three, four. Okay. 30 milligram instant release Adderall's deep. Let's go. (laughs) Holy shit. This guy is so fucking wired. This guy can see into the future, man. This guy can see the future. You want to give him some lottery numbers, bro? Give him some tickets right now, bro. I do. I will give you the lottery right here. You want to know what the lottery is, everybody? What, What is it? Bye. Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin, because everything's going to shit. Everything's going to shit. We're about to get fucked. We're about to get fucked. That's all I got to say. Dude, Bitcoin's up as fuck right now, bro. I was looking at Bitcoin the other day. It's so fucking up from like three, four months ago. That's fucking nuts. It dropped down to 14,500 was the low. If you would have bought a bunch then, it's still, man, if you're going to get one, you know, I sold a lot of money. But relatively, if you would have put in like just a hundred bucks, your Bitcoin is at like around twenty five thousand now. Maybe it dipped a little bit, but you're at almost two hundred bucks. That's almost that's almost a hundred percent increase. Not yeah. quite. It's like eighty percent increase, dude. I know you. If you would have bought Bitcoin when it was at sixty thousand, you're still halfway down, but. Uh, a little bit more than halfway, but yeah, you're, uh, you're you know, buy the dips and hodl because you want to know why you want to hodl, why holding on for dear life is important with Bitcoin. It's because let's just get into the first topic. It's because the economy is fucked. Everything's it's fucked. Rigged. The whole financial system is absolutely fucked, dude. Like. There's been five major banks that have failed so far, four in the U.S., one that's been announced in Switzerland, Swiss Bank, that's worth like... You got a Swiss bank going down? I thought it was just American shit. No, dude. The European banks are fucked too. It's global, dude. All... I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say it's all global. It's, It's for economies that are based on fiat. Because of all the whack 
shit they do with fiat and printing money and a bunch of other fuckery that's been going on. Um, not just printing money, but but yeah, there's Seuss, it's called Seuss Bank. It's like S-U-E-S-S or something like that, Seuss Bank. And they got bailed out by the Switzerland. Switzerland isn't on the EU. They have the their own this the Frank, the Franc, I think. I think it's something like that. They're, they got their own. Um, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the Swiss franc. The Swiss franc. Yeah, they got bailed out by their central bank for fifty-three mi- billion or something like that. Quite a bit, you know, not quite as large as Silicon Valley Bank, but Silicon so, Valley Bank is also the second largest bank to fail all time. So yeah, yeah. they had so Silicon Valley had. Six point eight billion, or what did they have? How much? Not even close, dude. At the end of December 2022, after everything had already dipped, the second half of 2022, they had 209 billion in assets at the end of the year. Holy shit! Yeah, they're second only to the Washington mutual failure. I must have been looking at like an annual statement or something. For six billion, that's like probably how much they make a year or something, right? Um, maybe like in profits and stuff. I, I'm not quite sure, dude. So we, had- all, we already got Iowa walks in the chat, dude. This guy, let's is- go Iowa walks, my man. <laughs> Yo, prop lady. Iowa we don't walks, know at this point. We don't know if it's a guy or a lady, but shouts out to my non-binary individual. It could be an AI bot, dude. Who knows? It sounds like an AI bot name. Aya Walks. That's a legendary name, bro. That's that's like some uh that's what we're gonna name Hal. Or like, you know, the fucking centralized computer systems. It would be named Aya Walks. Like that sounds like a fucking sci-fi name. I like it. Off topic, but speaking about AI, chat GPT four just released on March 14th. And you know what I did. I had to get that ChatGPT Plus membership to get access to the new ChatGPT 4. So, so how I, much was that? It was $20. I had a I had an so, American Express gift card that I just used for I I have this gift card and it's pretty much a gift card that I've just been using if I want to sign up for some BS, you know. It's not coming out of my bank account, so. So, dude, yeah. Well, that's, not, that's not OBS, but it is a trial, a trial run. So that's what, is there any for trials? Yeah. Major. Is there any major um, advancements on this one from the last? Is it, is it becoming more refined? Because um, I was listening recently to a podcast about uh, it's, it's, it's a bunch of like kind of engineers that talk about shit and um, they were able to use chat GPT to input like, parameters right they gave Mm -hmm. chat gpt some parameters and they said write code that accomplishes this integration of an arduino um with a like i don't know what they use like a uh like an off-brand sort of like laser sensor you know so it's like combine write a code like instead of having to do it themselves write a code that combines this manufacturer arduino with this manufacturer laser sensor and uh, write a code that lets them interface together, like write a code that lets them communicate. So basically what 
ChatGPT was able to do, and I don't, I, I don't th- I think this is the last version because this podcast that I was listening to was recorded a while ago, not a while ago, but like a couple weeks ago. And um, they said that it came out and it was flawless. The code was absolutely flawless. Nothing crashed once on this brand new, brand new code that has never been written, like never been written before to interface these two random pieces of technology. And it's, it was immaculate. It was perfect. It was, it was more efficient than anything that any of those engineers could have done on their own. Yeah. I'll I'll say one thing about it, but I do want to get back into the banks because we started with the banks okay oh yeah my bad no no it's good it's all good i'll, I'll say uh i do want to get into chat gpt i got a list so it's on the list now. i wrote, I wrote, it, I, yeah, I wrote yeah, it down yeah. um but just as one note on chat gpt an example of what the new version can do um although this feature hasn't been released yet it will be released to the api developers and if you subscribe to chat gpt plus first the new chat GPT four version has the ability for you to upload pictures and it can read your pictures. So an example of this was, I forget the guy's name. He's president and co-founder of the open AI foundation, which is the open source foundation that Elon started. No, it's the chat GPT foundation. Or, oh, okay. Oh, no, no. Open source AI is what Elon's all about, but this is called open source. Oh, oh it's called open AI. Open AI. Gotcha, o- gotcha. Open AI is the foundation. Their product is chat GPT. Okay. And, yeah. So he had a video that he put out like two days ago when on the 14th, when it was released and he took a napkin like a fucking napkin you get out of a restaurant. He wrote with a pen on the napkin his ideas for a website. I don't remember. I didn't watch the whole video. I just watched like the highlights, but he like wrote down, okay, I want build chat GPT for build me a website. I want this, this, this. I want to do this, this, this. He gave it some parameters, took a picture of it on his phone, uploaded it to chat GPT for, and the AI read the, the his handwriting that's hard to read for computers that's like something that is we're at the highest point of ever being able to you know handwriting is very unique to the individual right it's not a font if you have a font you can deduce like by the ge- geometry and structure of and um the bits of like the font you know in the in the source code of the font but he takes the hand it reads his handwriting reads his parameters to build a website and then builds a fully functioning website off taking a picture and uploading it to GPT-4. It's, dude, yeah. it's wild, dude. You can build yeah. iOS apps. But let's get back yeah. into banks. We'll get we'll get into that. We can we'll, we'll get, get into, into that. that. We'll get deep into that. I uh, cheers, dude. I haven't drank on the pot in a while, dude. I've just been like cheers, being a bud. fucking slime ball and smoking weird shit, dude. And <laughs> I haven't smoked any weird shit in the last like three days. So I feel really healthy. <laughs> Good job. Not smoking any weird shit. We don't want you smoking weird shit. Okay. Uh, it's not good for me, but I'm smoking on that weird, weird, <laughs> that good, weird on that extra weird. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> extra, the extra weird. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Okay. So bro, these banks, 
So they had, been, wait, they had $200 billion and they fucking specifically SVB. SVB. Yeah. The, they, the Fed bailed them out. It's not just a strict like cash bailout where they take taxpayer money. They, it's not taxpayer money, right? It is taxpayer money, though. Everything is taxpayer money if it's coming from so the, the you know what I mean? The taxpayers are always on the hook. You can't just well, take money. You know what I mean? But, but so and just one clarifying and I might be wrong on this, but one thing to clarify if I'm right on this, which I don't know if I am. I was under the impression that the money that SVB got back got was from the insurance fund that all the banks pay into like the FDIC, like, yeah, it's federally insured, but before they pull from taxpayer money, there's a fund that all the banks pay into. Right. And I but, thought this was part of that. And that's why, that's why things haven't fully collapsed because it's not an actual bailout yet. It's not like a, who's where do they get that money from? Oh, right. No, no, no. Of course. When you go back to the very core of it, it is still taxpayer money. Of it's, course. it's their, they're getting that money from their depositors and their customers, which are right. the taxpayers. You know, so, and I want to let you go off on your own, but are you going to touch on a fractionalized banking? Um, fractional uh, lending. Yeah, basically, they don't. They they used to have to have like ten percent of all deposits ready to go liquid at all times, and then they could loan out ninety percent of everything that's deposited to them, and then put it into investments, whether it's like treasury bonds or real estate like Washington Mutual, which we saw how that went in 2008 or, you know, whatever other derivative swaps, you know, like, I don't know, they're into a bunch of weird things, things I probably don't even know the name of. Um, But the law recently has was changed as part of a way to stimulate the economy. I don't, I don't remember exactly when it was changed the exact date, but it was pretty recent with in the last few years that, Banks no longer have to keep that 10% of deposits liquid. They can. They don't have to have it on premises. No, no, it's not on. It's not even like on premise. I'm talking about like as the business as a whole, they need to have like 10%. They were supposed to have 10%, right? Now they don't need to keep any. If you were to deposit $100 in Chase Bank, they do not need to keep Ten dollars of your money ready to go liquid. They can take one hundred percent of that hundred dollars that you gave them and go immediately and go put that into a treasury bond or go put that into re- their real or, estate. Yeah, loan it to someone else at or loan it percent or lo- go give it out to someone else. They do fractional reserve now. Now is at zero percent, big fat zero. They do not need to keep any percentage of your deposit liquid ready to go. They big fat zero. That's where we're at in terms of regulations of the banks so, now. No longer are we not, or so, sorry, hold on. So not only are we no longer backed by gold or silver or anything physical, not only is our money not backed by anything physical, our money doesn't even have to be where we put our money. Right. That is fucked. Right. That and is fucked. So- but that wasn't the fractional reserve banking. That was not the, that's a problem. I would say that I don't like that, especially when 
I think they should at least keep 50%. I mean, 50%, that sounds like a good number to me. But well, so for, for like when you said Chase, though, like that's probably not the best example, right? Because they're the fucking like one of the biggest. They are. But they like, are the biggest. They're number yeah, one. But, but like if you talk about like a small like uh, credit union or something, you know what I mean? Or like a, uh, a small. Uh, I'm, not, I'm honestly, I'm not sure what um, the exact regulations are on credit unions. But all the stuff that we've been seeing fail are not credit unions. There's they're banks. They're different than credit unions. Right. But okay, so maybe not a credit union, but maybe like a, a small town bank, like what I've got here, like you know, region, they, regional. They call them regional region. banks. Yeah, yeah, like a regional bank. So that, like First that, Republic, the one that just failed yesterday. Oh God! The, the, talk the about fifth that. one. The fifth one. Okay, so give I got. I'll timeline. talk about. I'll talk about First Republic too. Give the timeline. But okay. Um, well, or go, go, go off well, how you want. Sorry, go, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Going back to SVB, Silicon Valley Bank was like the biggest bank in like the Bay Area. All the tech nerds bank there and a lot of the small businesses, tech small businesses bank there. Yeah, it was a startup bank, right? Like for startups, like they like the most of their clients were startups. Yeah, that something. was their niche market. Yeah. They like specifically tailored to the people like, yeah. And, and like the Silicon, Silicon Valley, right? It's in the right. name. Um, where they got in trouble was not because of fractional reserve banking. It was because they took, well, I mean, I, yes, I guess it was part of fractional reserve banking. They took their depositors' money and they put it in an investment. The investment that they put it in mostly were treasury bonds. At the time when they got the tre- the uh, specifically 10, uh, well, not specifically, but like a big portion of it was in 10-year treasury bonds, which historically are pretty safe. I was going to say, that's, that's like the best you could do. 10-year. Yeah, they, I think they have like 20 years and like really long ones. But, but that doesn't sound risky at all to me. It, it doesn't. But at the time, interest rates were very low interest rates at the time on so the return that they would get on that treasury bond was two percent for every hundred dollars they put in to that treasury bond they would get 102 dollars back long story short inflation has been popping off because the fed printed lots of money during covid they printed 40 percent of all dollars in circulation they've been raising rates jerome powell and the fed have been raising rates to try and curb inflation and as a part of that the interest rates on treasury bonds are up to like 5% right now. And so if you were to get a treasury bond today, if there were, if Silicon Valley bank were to go and buy that same treasury bond, they would get at 5%, they put in hundred dollars, they would get $105 back after 10 years. So they put in a shit ton of money at only 2% rates go up and their money they're, they're is now in the dust. There, yeah, there's like a 3% difference there. I'm just, it's, you know, there's nuances in how, like how much they're it's getting. Like but they there's froze like, there's their a, money in time. They froze their money in time at a bad time. Exactly. They froze their money in time at a bad time. And because rates have been getting raised um, to curb inflation. Um, they started running they, a deficit, basically, or like not a deficit, but like they started running a like negative balance sheet because their money. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got... Yes, they they started to like not do well. And a lot of big investors um, 
insiders, in, insiders within the company and the people with the big, big money, like um, Peter Thiel and his founders foundation or whatever he calls it. Uh, he, you know, that dude always gets the inside info. So he's got billions of dollars. All the other people like him started taking the money out. They take the money out, but they don't have the money because it's locked up in fucking treasury bonds at a bad rate. And they can't sell those off. And they take these bonds and then they sell them to other banks. That's how they can um, get their liquidity back. That's how they can get, exactly. That's how they can get their liquidity back. But no one wants to buy these bonds from SVB at 2% when you can just go straight to the, like the treasury, get a 5% one. You know what I mean? It's a terrible deal. So no one's going to buy it from them. So, yeah. So then people started taking their money out. Then they got no money. Now everything, now they, they crashed uh, fucking. Um, so the government takes over, you know, so, but, the, the but, FDIC, you know. But so the the last part of that is the, uh, and that's where the human psychology comes into it, is that last part of it. It's like, it's built on a house of cards now. Not not a historic house of cards. Like it would have been pretty uh, solid, and like they would have had a good foundation if COVID never happened. Then interest and rates didn't go crazy. Like you know what I'm saying. So um, if they, it, if if we didn't print hella money during COVID and we didn't right. shut down, yeah, a lot. Not just like the sickness, but a lot of the economic stuff that occurred because of well, that's the, that's the, the I, whole that's what the I mean. lockdowns yeah, yeah, yeah. and every everything, the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, and then you get the human psychology part of it into it where people see that there's some, not a panic, but some sort of something happening, you know, cause people pay attention to that shit, especially when it's a fucking startup company whose entire, you know, net worth is tied on this, this, uh, you know, backing that they're getting from this bank. And they notice they're like, holy shit, like maybe we should not have our money here. Maybe let's move it. And then so like one at a time that starts happening and then it gets down to the core investor. And that so to under two hundred fifty thousand dollars is what was paid back. Right. So that's the FDIC insurance um, by the government that if you have two hundred fifty thousand in your account, they'll ensure that but so these these accounts are not just for svb are not just for normal people these are tech pros making shit tons of money so a lot of them have more than that in a single account and a lot of the accounts are businesses account the business accounts so like there's millions of dollars in there they got to pay payroll right stuff like stuff like that it's not just like an individual account you know what i mean so but so in this instance I believe that these companies were made completely whole, right? Like, so it wasn't just the 250,000. They got all their money back. The depositors, people that had a, an account and would use it like deposit, like a normal bank account, like a checking account or a business that uses an account and deposits money from their profits into the bank and then takes money out for payroll and other overhead expenses. So, depositors so but got, not 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 investors like not people buying shares of the bank or oh no uh, right 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 of course yeah i'm i'm strictly talking about yeah just the clientele 
all of the clients were made whole. Uh, right? So, so far, that's what I've heard. Yeah. That's what I've heard. So, but so now that's SVB. When did, uh, one, one sec, let me grab this. Well, I guess you probably got notes. You probably got notes. So um, say, wanna... say that again. I, I, I took my headphones off real quick. Oh, no. I was just going to say, like, I was going to kind of start asking about the the other banks that failed and uh, if they were similar to SVB or if they are just, if there's just a general sense of this in the air right now and it's happening across the board, you know? Um. Yeah, I think it's they're pretty similar to SVB in their situation. Um, are they tech a lot, startup banks or are they just so SVB was tech startup? Um, there was uh, let me let me pull up the list. I don't I don't remember all of them because there's like so many now, dude, and there's like all over the world banks that have failed in 2023. FDIC.gov first. First link, dude. There's literally a government website dedicated to this shit. <laughs> Signature Bank was on March 12th. Dude, they didn't even they haven't even updated it yet. Okay. Signature Bank uh out of New York. Um they they uh from what I've heard, they catered to uh, crypto startups, crypto funds as well. Um, yeah, well, specific, not necessarily Silicon Valley stuff, like specifically like crypto. Oh, stuff. crypto, like, not okay, got you. Crypto. Um, let's see. Then there's there was another crypto one too. Well, I forget his name, Silvergate. They all start with an S, dude. Uh, Silvergate, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank. Um, Seuss triple Bank. S, triple six. So, um, Silvergate Bank and um, Signature Bank, um, both catered hardcore to um, crypto new tech, the like, first century tech. Um, Signature Bank, uh, Coinbase was one of their uh clientele, they catered to so not just like the organizations that develop um the blockchain technologies but like crypto exchanges and other companies that deal in that space you know not necessarily like inventing your own coin you know um silvergate was like the same way um and then the one that was announced like late last night was first republic bank and that's a that's a bank that I see everywhere around here in Northern California. That's like a bank that is it the lot, one with the horse lot. on it? No, it's got a bald eagle. Bald eagle. Pull, yeah, let me pull up a pic right here. I'm sure I've seen it. I'm sure I've fucking seen it. Let me share my screen real quick. Can you see this logo? You've you've seen it, I guarantee it, dude. It's it's everywhere in the Sacramento area. They're headquartered in, in San Francisco. 
Oh, of course. You you seen these? They uh, failed. Have you you seen these branches? Yes. Yeah. So they failed. Yeah. So with them, what's crazy with them? Okay. Time timeline. Let me go back to the timeline. So the Fed. So raising of rates to combat inflation. That's the big deal. Our dollar is going to shit. The official narrative by the government is that it capped at like low 9%, right? Nine point something tops. That's a lie. Okay. That's a lie. You go to the grocery store. Prices have doubled for food. Like I used to buy London broil for at, at Rayleigh's, the Rayleigh's in Granite Bay. I used to buy London broil less than that, $2.99 a pound all the time for big fat steaks. London broil, not the best cut. London broil at Rayleigh's sells now for $7.99. You know, um, you know, maybe you could get it for sale on a, on a day, but. And, you know, there's other factors that go into why it's more expensive now than it was a few years ago before COVID, but our purchasing societally, power. Societally, all of these things are included. Yeah. So like the, the official narrative is that inflation has not gone over 10%, but I've seen a lot of studies done by independent people that if you take how they calculated inflation back in the seventies when, or like the eighties, whenever, whenever there was that big, inf- I think it was early, was it early eighties where they had to raise rates really high? Um, yeah. Like they, the government has changed how you calculate things and not included things. And the actual inflation rate is way fucking higher than what they're telling us. Right. You can't just print dude. Honestly, the simple way to look at it, the KISS method, keep it simple, stupid. If you print 40% <laughs> of all dollars in circulation, inflation is going to be 40%, right? You, you can't just throw in an extra $40 trillion. That's not the right number, but you can't just print 40% of everything in circulation and say there's no inflation. There's only 10 per, less than 10% inflation. 40% of everything in circulation. So the whole thing right now that the Fed has been raising rates all year to, and last year to curb inflation. Okay, so these banks start to fail. They're too big to fail. That's what they can, they didn't let them fail. They said after 2008, never again, we're never gonna bail these financial institutions out again. We kick the can down the road, it happens again. What do we do? We can't let all these people starve that have bank accounts. We need these companies to have money so they can pay their employees. We can't let banks, we can't let total economic collapse happen because what was about to happen, it honestly, it's, it's not just, people say recession, recession. No one has been saying depression. It is 100% going to be a depression if they would have let them fail because like, I'm not going to say, I'm not, I like yeah. that though. That's true. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. He said, we're going depression levels if the banks fail. Depression. If, if small banks fail or if all, 
are, no, is that, no, it, is that these are not small money? banks, dude. These are these are not these. We're talking like when it comes to it, like everything is going to be like trillions of dollars. This is not a small, a small deal, you know, like, I guess you could say they're small banks because they're not like JP Morgan. Yeah, they're small banks, but these small banks also have $50 billion in assets and in deposits. You know what I mean? Right. So, so what would have happened if there would have been no bailout? We're having banks fail, which employ tens of thousands of people. We're having, we're having, which would increase unemployment and we're, and inflation is going up. So the whole reason we're raising rates is that the the dollar is going to shit. So you're going to have no purchasing power anymore. Like the whole thing has depression written all over it. If the, if the fed would have continued with their original plan, let me, let me uh, finish this out real quick. It's I'm almost done, but Instead of sticking to their original plan, which was continue raising interest rates, the Fed, their new plan has been to start a $2 trillion, $2 trillion, not billion, $2 trillion loan program. They call it a loan program because they, with technicalities, they say the taxpayer is not on the hook for this money. A $2 trillion loan program where they gave out billions of dollars to literally every single bank in America. Even Bank of America, JP Morgan Chase, all even the big ones got billions of dollars. When? Like this was like yesterday, dude. 2 trillion dollars. They just no. Did, they no. Yes, they literally no. just did, This is not even like COVID where they print like they print 40%, like they print 4 trillion and then, and then they fucking give checks to the people, right? They $2 trillion. They give it out to every single bank. This is not just SVB or signature bank or Silvergate. They literally just gave it out. Boom. Everyone, because everyone in the fucking financial system and banking system is fucked. Every single one of them. Even the big ones like JP Morgan Chase, yeah, they might be able to survive because they're better, like they have like better business practices and they're bigger, but they gave out money to literally everyone. So this and is like then, trying to do a um like a uh like you know how you got the, the electric pulse that brings someone's heart back to life? It's like they're trying to do that before the person dies. It's like the federal government is trying to pump some life in there before it dies, but it's not even right, dead the- yet. They, they saw your heart skip a beat and your heart rate slowing. And so they fu- took a fucking taser and they fucking put it up to your jugular and fucking shocked you, dude. Or put it right on your fucking heart. Which Two trillion. That, okay. So is that not one way to kill kill the person that you're trying to save? Exactly. So let, I, so let, let, me, let me go a little bit further. The Fed's original plan raised interest rates to bring down inflation because the dollar is going to shit because of inflation in our purchasing power and it hurts the the low lower class and the middle class people right the core of the country that was the game plan but now that's not happening they're not raising interest rates anymore if they do every, everyone's talking maybe 0.25 they were doing 
0.5, you know, they were, do, they were doing way more, more than that. They're maybe point two, maybe 0.25. Now people are saying they're not even going to raise interest rates. And they're even talking about a rate deduction. They're going to bring rates down again. So they're going a complete 180 from their original plan to bring down inflation. Instead, bring down inflation by raising interest rates. But now instead, they pumped another $2 trillion, not into the whole economy, but specifically the financial sector. And there's talk of actually bringing down rates, going back from what their original plan was. So if this $2 trillion that we're talking about is not from the insurance fund that I thought, that I thought it came from, if this $2 trillion is from, if this is a federal government mandate, FDIC, some sort of bullshit, then I am, I'm storming the Capitol with you, buddy. Dude, the insurance fund is taxpayer money. No matter which way they try and word it and play, they play word games and use technical terms to make people think it's not, it's not taxpayer money. It's a hundred percent taxpayer money. They can't just the basis of everything is the taxpayers. It's our, it's their customers. You know, it's the people. Right. Right. And you can't just move like vast amounts of money like that and just inject it into other sectors. That's not like capitalism. That's so, but the, the main point of what I'm trying to say is the fed and Jerome, Jerome Powell, the head of the fed was on the way to bring down inflation Banks started failing because they made bad investment choices. They're too big to fail. And now they did a complete 180 and they are actually, because of their actions and what they did, it's going to increase inflation even more. Even more. Even more than what it was after, like since it's been since after COVID. So it, it's going to be even more than that. The analogy that, we made before is perfect so it's like you're trying to save someone's life by fucking giving them an electric shock and then that electric shock is what ultimately kills them so it's like that's that's what that's what that is doing to the american consumer yes. giving the banks all that money is going to be the death blow because once again the banks don't have to learn their lesson they don't have to learn their lesson that oh shit like i need to keep more money here i need to have more money available i'm a fucking bank people put money in me i should have yeah. money in me and yeah it's like, it's, ahead, sorry it's it's not that simple though it's it's really complex well actually it's really it's it's not that complex like banks yes they're out there to make a profit but ultimately if the bank fails, people starve because people don't get their paychecks from their businesses that have accounts at the bank. People lose everything that they have in their banking account. They'll, they won't be able to buy food. They won't, be, they won't be able to pay their mortgage. They'll lose their home. They'll lose their car. So if they don't bail out the bank, people like that's the average, or I would say for Silicon Valley Bank, it's the average person, but you know, that's the population, you know? It's not just the investors in the bank. There's like other people that will lose everything too. You know what I mean? 
Right, because, yeah, no, absolutely, 100%. The, and the bank is built by the citizenry, you know, to an extent, you know. To an extent, to an extent. And that's where it gets tricky because, you know, when you start to, like, talk about things like trickle down and, like, these connections, um, there are major flaws with those ideas. So, in one sense, I do 100% agree that the average person being hurt by these bank failures is, you know, should not happen. It should not happen. But, you know, at the same time, I can say like, you know, someone needs to pay the price for banks taking your money, giving it to someone else and making money off of that and then not being able to give you your own money back. I mean, if, if, if there's someone that needs to get hurt, it's the shareholders of the company of the bank that's making the money and it's like you know i don't want to get into conspiracy land but you know it's let's do it conspiracies are real little business is a conspiracy people come together and conspire ways to make money to make money everything is so, a conspiracy okay it's just so, it's been dubbed with the in a bad light I do okay. Quick, quick I'll, I'll let you talk. I just have a, I have a real hot, red hot alert. Okay, Buster yes, got back to me. Buster Woo! got back to me, dude. Just now, live during the pod, he, he hit me back. He said, "I said, hey, Buster, how was Alien Con?" He said, "One great thing. I talked to K L A S forty News, K L A S forty News, Las Vegas. George Knapp. Do you know who George Knapp is? I know George Knapp. George Knapp, the dude that fucking interviewed." Bob Lazar and broke the fucking disclosure about area 51, George Knapp, dude. Oh dude. George Knapp is one of my favorite radio hosts, dude. I love George Knapp. He's a great storyteller. Not, not George, not to be confused with George Nori, George Knapp, George Nori, another great storyteller, but George Knapp, he does co-host or not co-host, but he does guest host, uh, coast to coast. Yeah. Yeah. So he met with George Knapp after I showed him my pictures and told him, a short bit of my story. I asked him if he would like a copy of my book and he said, yes, please. So I sent it Monday. Now just waiting to see what happens. Okay. Let's go. Dude. I'm going to, after this, I'm going to, I'm going to give him a call and I'm going to try and get him on next week. Next week. Because dude, this is amazing. This is the first time I'm going to tell my mom, I'm going to call her after this podcast and say, mom, I am three degrees of separation away from George Nori. Um, me, Buster, George Knapp, George Nori. Yeah. Uh, so I can tell, and my grandma listened to Coast to Coast every night to fall asleep for fucking 40 years. Dude, I'm 30, a, however long it's been on there. Dude, I'm a Coast to Coast insider, dude. Less than five cents a day, you can become one too. So is my grandma, dude. My grandma, rest in peace, her fucking soul. I love that woman. And she... Listen to George Nori every fucking night and George Knapp, obviously one degree of separation away. So if we can get bust and the late art bell, what's that? And the late art bell. What's that? I don't know what that is. Art bell. He was the host of coast to coast before George Nori. Oh, was he? Yeah. So when did uh, George Nori come, come in like nineties? Um, I'm not or sure. 2000. He's, I mean, he's been the coast to coast, uh, host for a long time but art bell was like the guy that like got coast to coast like super popular and on started 
I don't know. Did he get it started? I'm not. I'm not sure. But he's like the the guy that everyone like. He, he's like the original guy. You know what I mean? When did George Nori take over coast to coast? January uh, two thousand three. Okay, two thousand three. That he makes started sense. Started coast. To coast, coast to coast. Created by Art Bell, yeah. Art Bell's original guy. He started it in um, 1988. Damn. Legendary. Okay. Okay. But George Norrie's still doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like yeah, five nights a week. All right. Are we transitioning from this? Because I have, an, I have a question about your, uh, you becoming a, a, a union boss and a labor leader. Um, uh, let me, I, had, I had one more thing to say. Yeah, if you want to um, wrap it up or tie a bow. Let's on, wrap it up. If you want to so, put, put a pretty little bow on the whole thing, that would be nice. Basically, instead of curbing inflation – by raising rates, the Fed has instead injected another $2 trillion, a trillion dollars. Is there even a, another country in the world other than maybe China and India that, that, have, that? A, that have a trillion dollar GDP? Well, look, okay, th this is a big one. Uh, countries GDP ranked. We don't have a, oh, there, there well, is a, there, okay, there is a bunch. Product. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch. I was just using GDP as a reference for how much it is. But there there is a there's United States uh, 19.5 trillion, China 12.2, Japan 4.8, Germany. So there's a few that have uh more than than a trillion. But all I'm saying is that trillions like a lot of money, okay? And instead of lowering inflation, what they've decided to do is do something that will increase inflation. Oh, okay. Uh, First Republic Bank, too. Because they failed, and there's this contagion in the market of all these banks failing, all the banks in the financial uh, industry have gotten together to bail out First Republic Bank. I think it was like, was it like 30 trillion? 50 they trillion. They dude, they crowdsource it. it. Socialism, dude. These, these fucking capitalistic fucks that will pay out their shareholders. I'm not going to say the bad word. I'm not going to say the bad word. These, I'm just going to say the F word, but I'm not going to get racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, the, the, these people that make a profit off you have that are now bailing out First Republic Bank, they've crowdsourced together to give them 30 billion, 30 billion. Okay, report. U.S. Yeah, banks yeah. pledge 30 billion to First Republic Bank to bail them out. And- So that's, so that's two, reg, two this California by, banks. Supposedly, J.P. Morgan, Chase, were the ones that like spearheaded this effort but so that's that because they know that's because they know 
Be, yeah, exactly. They're scared. It'll be a contagion. It'll be a domino effect. What goes first? Of course, it's the little guy. The little guys they go. See the dominoes start. The domino fall. effect. The, you you could set up all these dominoes, but if and you could stack the them by height. Little if nudge. Stack, if you stack them by height, you could hit the small one. The small one hits the one that's a little bit bigger. That hits the one that's a little bit bigger. But by the end, it's the big guy that's falling down too. The farthest and the hardest. Dude, they went full socialism on this bitch. Crowdsourced funding to keep First Republic Bank alive. And that's that's today. That's where we're at. That happened. That's where we're at. It was announced they were failing yesterday, and we're at today. They're fucking crowdsourcing $30 billion. And that's that's not that's not even from the Fed. That's including the two trillion from the Fed. There's there they got the, the two trillion from the Fed. That's happening. But they're also That's- crowdsourcing. And this is just America, dude. This is just America, dude. We've heard about one overseas. But there's other ones overseas that the same shit's happening to, but they don't speak what? in dollars. They don't speak in dollars, so it doesn't, it doesn't hit our news cycle. And, and also, it's like, do you know how many countries base their currency on buying U.S. bonds? Do you know how many countries have their money tied up in bonds? of the United States money. And so if the United States dollar, like us printing a lot of USD fucked a lot of other countries too. Right. So mm-hmm. that, that, that was one thing. Now, if our fucking banks start going down, bro, imagine what all these other, it's like, it's dude, global, dude. Everything's interconnected. Globalism. That's exactly what I was about to say. Globalism. And that it has its benefits and it has its disadvantages. A benefit is like, I can buy a fucking plastic product made in China for fucking 50 cents. Um, But also Nigeria's banking system is tied to, (laughs) you know, the dollar at a, at a level that's so fucking so intertwined that like all it takes is this sort of a thing, like something happening on foreign soil to them to completely fuck, you know, how, what, what percentage of, their citizens right. that have their money in banks that are tied into U.S. bonds. So that's that's a whole nother thing, and that's where the global financial system comes into play, and that's that's where it gets scary. So the Swiss bank is very interesting. Yeah, and that was that's like the big one that um, they're talking about because you know you know the um, how should I say the um, Everyone talks about there's two places you go put your money, you know, Swiss bank account and the Cayman Islands. Yes, sir. The rich people, right? So rich people have their money over there. That's why they're talking about it, right? Um, I do want to say, uh, oh, and the Saudis. The Saudis are big investors into the Swiss bank. They are actually limited in how much money that the, they could inject to keep the bank up. They are actually they actually have their hands tied because there's laws for how much they can invest into it as a foreign investor. Um, right. But they were the Saudis were ready to invest into to keep Swiss Bank up. Um, I do have two things. Sorry, I, I know there's like other stuff we got we want to talk about, but these are like say, bro, we can save all this stuff till next week. These, these shit are these, this is roll. like a big topic, you know. And um, so two, two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about Hart's Law, and then I want to talk about new currencies and development. Okay, Hart's Law. Hart's Law is a law that states 
or it, it, it explains why the market moves up and down together. So let's, let's the correlation. With, it explains the correlation. So let's start with specifically the crypto market. And then I'm going to expand on that. In the crypto market, everything wait, wait, moves. Is this, hold on. Is this a good place for a Mr. Producer? I got a rocket producer. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. All right, all right. Sorry, my bad. Hold on one sec. I'll be right back. If you want to hit the chat, is there anyone in the chat? Let's see. Let's pull up the chat. Yeah, we got Isle Walks in the chat. Isle Walks, y'all better run. Can you solve a puzzle for me? Mwahaha. I have little bite featured in my song. It's chat GPT that I alter. Do 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 do. Um, I heard it was on that track. I heard it was two hundred quadrillion data points. Robbie J, baby, yo yo yo, what up? What up? What up? Hit that thumbs up and subscribe button, baby. I walk screen dark. What? Screen I heard dark. it was on that track. I heard it was 200 quad. No, it's live. Hold up. Let me check from my phone. Hopefully this is live. Hopefully it's recording, dude. I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I walk screen dark. No, it's it's going. Okay. What? It's going. Screen dark. It was on that track. I heard it okay. Was- um. Heart's Law, that's what I'm doing. Heart's Law. All right. Oof. Me back? You're back. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Hart's Law basically is uh, describes why markets move together or why cryptos move together or why like financial thing, like financial investments move together. So take, we're going to start with the crypto market. Okay. The crypto market Top of the crypto market, number one is Bitcoin, right? There's a lot of money in Bitcoin. When Bitcoin goes up, altcoins go up. Ethereum goes up. Um, Dogecoin goes up. Cardano goes up. When Bitcoin goes down, those all go down. Hart's Law says that because these, um, these coins or these cryptocurrencies are traded against each other, Um, When you go to a cryptocurrency exchange, you're trading Bitcoin to Ethereum, you're trading Bitcoin to Doge, you're trading, uh, you know, you're trading them against each other, right? So 
And because Bitcoin is the largest, it has influence on the on everything else. So when Bitcoin goes up, altcoin goes up. The value, if you go, let's say, one one to one, uh, one Bitcoin, or let's say Ethereum is worth like 0.05 Bitcoin. I'm not sure what it's at. But if that 0.05 Bitcoin goes up in value, it equals the same amount of, of Ethereum. Inherently, Ethereum, it goes up in value too. That's the, that's the basic idea, right? They're not one-to-one, right? One Bitcoin is not worth one Ethereum, but if one Bitcoin but goes up in value, so will the Ethereum. In the same ratio. Yeah, ratios. And then like there's other influences that affect that if like new technologies or smart contracts come out and whatnot. So, so is it is it a market uh, function or is it a psychological function? Is it people buying more of this thing because this thing is doing good and this thing is doing good because they're similar or is it literally a market function where people that are buying and selling this thing are also buying and selling this thing or is it both um because I would, there's always new cash injection coming in like you said from new technologies new ideas in the blockchain bitcoin all that stuff it's like there's there's always new advancements so there's always new money coming in um so when there's more money going into Bitcoin than there is by, you know, just the idea of people investing in this sort of thing, there's more money in Ethereum and all these other ones. Or is it because when, is it like a straight up equation where money goes into Bitcoin, money goes into all these other ones? Or is it like, uh, I, w- I would say, okay, so it's kind of both. It's kind of both. Yes, there is influence from the the new money and the new tech and and all that, right? But it is like a straight up mathematical ratio of sorts. Like I don't I don't have the math. Uh, you know, this is the basics podcast. I'm trying to dumb it down, right? Yes, sir. But dumb it all the way. It's down. because it's because they're traded together, right? To get Ethereum, or because Bitcoin is like the guy, the gold standard in crypto, everything trades against it, right? If you go, I don't know, do you, do you ever go to crypto exchanges and like do trading or anything? Not anymore, no. So if you go to an exchange and not just Coinbase where you say, I have $100, I want to buy this. That's not, in it, that's not a real exchange. That's not, the, that's not the real exchange. Coinbase Pro is the real exchange or whatever they call it now. I think they changed the name or something. Um, like where you see the charts, you know, you've seen the candles, the green and the red and up and down. Sure. If you go there, you see the trading pairs. It'll say BTC dash ETH, BTC dash DOGE, Doge, BTC dash DOT for dot, polka dot. There, wow. Those are, that's called a trading pair. Everything trades against Bitcoin. Here's Bitcoin. Everything trades against Bitcoin because Bitcoin is big daddy. Bitcoin is the number <laughs> one guy. Everything trades against it. So that's what the that's what a trading pair is. That's why when Bitcoin goes up, inherently everything else goes up with it. Got when it, it goes down, got everything. It, got it, got it, got it, got it. So that's in the crypt. That's that's the crypto market. That same thing happens with the dollar. Okay, and it happens in between markets too. People always ask, why does the crypto market go up with the stock market? I thought the crypto market was something that 
was supposed to be separate. It's supposed to be like, you know, uh, libertarian. They're not printing more Bitcoin like the Fed can at, at a whim. You know, there's more Bitcoin minted, but they're not printing it whenever they want to. You know, why, why is it like that? It's because it's the same thing. What's Big Daddy compared to Bitcoin? It's the U.S. dollar. How do you get Bitcoin? The U.S. dollar. So when you're in the stock market is like U.S. dollars, right? And so it they it it's you're trading the U.S. dollar to Bitcoin. That's the the number one trading pair, Bitcoin to USD. And um, when the stock market goes up, it's you know, it's it's this kind of so it's the same idea. Bitcoin you know? gets the best of both worlds. So Bitcoin, when there is success in the U.S. stock market, which is on a when you take the big step back, the U.S. market is pretty much always good. So if Bitcoin gets the benefit of doing good when the U.S. market is doing good, and it gets the benefit of doing better when the U.S. market is down, because that's the counter bet, you know. Well, well, that is like the that, up? Um, I'll, I'll, specifically at point where you just said it gets the benefit when it goes down, which that has not always been the case until just recently. And that's only because the financial institutions it's been legitimized. Bitcoin it's been has legitimized. also been legitimized. It's been legitimized because within the last week, we've seen five banks fail. Yes. And more to come. There's more to come. Or there would have been, who knows what we'll see now because of all this stimulus, but there would have been that's more. That's always to come. been the libertarian idea behind Bitcoin, the libertarian like soul of Bitcoin. And that's why my uncle, you know, when we went to our Bitcoin uh, party at uh, Roundtable, mm -hmm. like he's a libertarian guy. Mm -hmm. And that's what like his idea of Bitcoin has always been. Like it's the libertarian alternative to the financial system. And so it inherently, has value when this other system that yes it is based on this other system but ultimately the idea is that it is going to stabilize in the end at a much more stable level because like you said you can't make more of it it's the digital gold standard right there's two. exactly so that goes to the second point that i wanted to talk about new currencies there's there's two ways the world is going right now. It's going technology route, CBDCs and Bitcoin, right? Uh, one of the things people are talking about is that the they want to they want this old financial system to collapse so the United States can usher in uh, central bank digital currency that they have total control over, which. I'm not going to get into about like the ethics of that and how they can track everything and they can limit your money and they could have smart contracts where they can say only this money you can only spend on rent, this money you, you can only spend on this. You can't spend this on a gun or whatever, which they can do if that if it's all digital like that and they'll see where everything goes. And and Bitcoin. And then there is the new BRICS currency. Do you know about BRICS? B-R-I-C-S? BRICS is a group of nations, and it stands for Brazil, Russia, India, in India. I'm pretty sure it's India or Iran. Might be Iran. 
China and South Africa. But I think India's in it now. So those are like the original nations. And they've been adding on nations since then. Like Saudi Arabia's in it. And then like a handful, I think Argentina might be part of it now. Like a bunch of other nations are joining this alliance. This It's an economic alliance. It's called BRICS. And then they call them BRICS Plus for all the other nations that have joined since then. <laughs> and and there's a LGBT lot of bricks. There's a lot of nations that have been joining. And what they've been developing is a new global currency that's backed by rare earth minerals. Wow. A global currency that's backed by gold, backed by silver, backed by platinum, backed by cobalt, backed by copper. Backed by all these rare earth minerals, you know, ones that I probably can't even pronounce on the periodic table. And these are finite resources. There's like limited amount of how much the output is each year, just because it's hard to mine them out of the ground. And they're a scarce resource. And so they're in the process of developing this new currency and like ratioing out all these, these uh, rare earth minerals and like, doing their thing so they can calculate how much one brick dollars or whatever they're going to call it is going to be worth. So it's this economic alliance of international economic, economic alliance of multiple countries that are creating not just a gold standard, a rare earth mineral standard for this new currency that dude, I flip everything. So it's going to love that because you know what that incentivizes? You know what that incentivizes is fucking going out into outer space and bringing back fucking uh, asteroids and meteoroids and fucking comets and shit. Because once you establish an earth value for minerals and what exists here and like the value system based on that, then you're like, holy shit, I could become rich if I go out and get this asteroid. And then you start getting space cowboys and then you start see, okay, so I, I love it. That's fantastic. What's it called? Bricks. B-R-I-C-S. Look, you look at the bricks. I don't know, but it's it's a big know about this. dude. It's a big fucking deal. And you know what's crazy about it is that like it's been in the news in the in America, but not really. Like there's like they'll mention it. I haven't it, heard like, shit about passing. this. There they'll met I've seen articles mention it in passing, but there's I not, consider myself it's in quiet, dude. It's it's in it's in the dark. It's in silence. And they're doing this. They're putting in work. And, you know, if they're actually able to pull this off, it's going to be a game changer, dude. Bro, that will be a game fucking changer. Holy the dollar's fuck. gone, dude. If they pull oh. this off. So this, so this is where I'm what I'm getting at. The world is going two different directions. It's going technology, crypto, blockchain central bank digital currencies or Bitcoin because Bitcoin is like ultimate libertarian, right? And it's going, and that's like technology, fucking cyberspace, metaverse, fucking shit, right? Track everything. And then it's, and then it's real world currency money backed by fucking physical. You can touch, which, you know, you can feel it, it, you know, it, that could be also a currency that they can track depending on how they implement it. That could, that they could also, they, they'll probably be able to implement something where they can track it, but, but it's dude, backed by but something. Dude, 
But, dude, if you can take a physical thing and melt it down and move it, like, that's not traceable. Like, you can't trace something that is meltable and movable and redoable. Yeah, it's not just algorithmic. Like, uh, CBDC can be or I Bitcoin. Would say, I would say if you come up with a net value for a physical item in this reality here, then that is less traceable than anything done online. I think anything done online is inherently more traceable than just assigning a value to a physical thing that you can manipulate in reality how you want. Right. That is, that's, if oh, we so, can get back there, which it's, it's going to be very hard to get back to that, which so, I, I think, I think this is amazing. I, this idea that you have just put in my head, bro, that this is a real thing that is happening with nations. Like I did not know about this. And the idea that this is happening makes me so excited. It makes it's, me so excited. It's very exciting, but it's also very scary because this is possibly like the biggest thing ever to happen globally, like globalism. It's the United States is not going to just let this happen. They're not just going to join on and be like, okay. Oh, you're thinking this is world war three. It could lead like it will upend the dollar and it could lead to World War Three. I think that's one of the big reasons why we're in Ukraine so hardcore, because Russia is Russia and China are like the spearheaders for this new currency. And because they have the mineral wealth. And if we could if we can defeat Russia now and cripple them, then the currency won't ever take off, you know. But if they are able to launch this thing, then it's game over for the, the dollar. Honestly, in my opinion, is already game over for the dollar. Like, I don't expect... That's going to be a slow death. That would be a slow death. It would be a very quick death if Russia and China decided to align with Venezuela and all the other non-OPEC countries to decide that, oh, guess what? Oil and energy is not going to be what backs currency. It's going to be actually physical minerals like you know what i mean like that's crazy right i i think oil might be a part of it though i think oil might be considered as part of the natural it's it's natural resources rare earth well actually uh, i need to do some research into it i know it's rare earth minerals for sure i'm not sure about oil but oil no no, i wouldn't think that it's oil i mean obviously oil would have some sort of wealth but it would be things that are sustainable if you're talking about mineral you know, wealth. If you yeah, like the, the, the basis of it is that there's multiple rare earth minerals that are being looked at for yeah, I don't think not oil just would be included in that, not just think, gold. Yeah. I don't think oil would be part of that. I think it would be like gold, silver, cobalt, you know, lithium, like there, all these, there's uh, a list, you know. there's a list of them. But um, if, if oil is on that, I would be interested, but that does pertain to like, you know, natural, uh, you know, um, uh, what do they call that? I guess shit is that mineral as well? Would oil be cons- that? Well, the basics we'll have to get back to you on that and break down the basics of mineral uh, definitions and see if oil is included in that. But um, so this I mean, is oil's my play. Be surrounded by minerals, right? Yeah, I don't know. I wish I was an oil guy, dude. I wish I was an oil mogul, dude. I'd I'd be hella rich. <laughs> but this see. is this is my play. If this thing actually gets launched. Like the stuff that I've read about it, um, I'm going first thing to a forex exchange, 
and I'm putting tons of dollars in in trading it for this new BRICS currency. I'm put uh like I mean not I wouldn't say tons. I don't have that much weight of money, but I would put <laughs> a lot of money as much as I can afford into trading it for this new BRICS currency because this is inherently this is, better. Dude, listen, as millennials, we're always looking for that way to get rich because we weren't given $10,000 houses. Um, oh, so- well, no. If you're black, $1 in San Francisco, and they'll give you $5 million lump sum. <laughs> dude, San Francisco is fucked, dude. Pretty- All right, it's not racist. Have you heard about that in San Francisco? Yeah, I have. I have. I have. It's fucked, dude. But, you know, there's, there's like, this is the chance. This is the Bitcoin scheme. Like, me and my uncle, dude, have been talking about Bitcoin since, like, it's 20, the next like opportunity. 13, 14. Yeah, this is the next opportunity for us to, oh. to be able to get back, like to invest in this like currency somehow, you know? Yeah. I, um, there, I think there's something close to uh, about once a decade, give or take a few years, where every generation has an opportunity to invest in something and make a buttload well, of money. Yeah, but you have to take a risk because yeah, it is a big risk, and it's, it's always a it's new the tech societal decision. If everyone decides to take that same risk together, then it becomes legitimized. You know, so like and if it, everyone wants to be like, "Oh yeah, we get this chance every ten years. Let's let's do it together." If everyone decides to do it, then it it's like okay, it'll pay off. Well, it's it's always the early adopters, and there's always a period afterwards that there's always hype in the beginning, right? So right. Dot com boom crash. Look at Amazon, Apple now, 100x from like their height during the dot com boom. Okay. Sure. Bitcoin 2008 started the boom. Like it was at like in like 20, it was in, in like 2015, it was still like less than a thousand, right? <laughs> boom bust. It's coming back now. This might be. You think we're about to hit a boom or are we there or are we booming right now? Well, if the dollar goes the shite um, and it hyperinflates, yeah, Bitcoin will go up because people will see like it's sound money. Um, and then it could be this. It could be possibly like the same thing for this BRICS currency. If you can trade your money on a foreign exchange uh, currency, a Forex exchange, which is for foreign currency, foreign exchange currency for other currencies. You can trade dollars to pounds, Swiss francs, rubles. Then there is the potential when it launches that you could, especially if the dollar is hyperinflating. Imagine you get in early to this new currency and it's, it's, it's sound money because it's backed up by rare earth minerals. And then the dollar hyperinflates like Zimbabwe or Venezuela because they keep printing money and the financial institutions are done. Then you're fucking, running are catapulted you're fucking catapulted. You're fucking millionaire. Yeah. That the BRICS currency is going to be worth 10 quadrillion dollars at that time. You know, <laughs> so there is a hey, risk. It's risk. Are, are we fucking alive adopter. right now? Or is this just me and you take us off alive? Take us off alive. We got to do this on our own. We can't be put this on live. This is a real game. Hey, listen, subscribe. We're giving you free game. We're giving you free fucking lifetime game right now. So smash the subscribe button if you're watching. We got all. We got, 
Yeah, last I checked, it was uh, just I watched. It was like uh, two watching now, and I think it's uh, Rich would Rich hit the chat up. Say what up, Brodies? What up, Rich? It says two watching now, and I got it on my laptop and my phone running at the same time, so it might just be me. But right, there'll be there'll be people that tap in. I actually get a lot of people that tell me, "Oh, I watched it like after and, and stuff like that." So, well, yeah, not everyone can watch fucking live. What the fuck? Yeah. Um. All right, but this right. is free game. This is free game on the, the be new... on the lookout. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um. And yeah, does any anything else about like it? And and there's more and more countries every month that are like signing on to this. It started as BRICS. Now it's BRICS plus. Let me let me get let me pull it up. I should really pull it up. I have the ability to. BRICS. Yeah, we can do this live. And if you want, uh, well, you look that up. Let's get a little update on the Jordan Weber uh, union boss status of four tens. Um, I have no update. They said they would get back to us. And um, is it the end of the it, quarter? Like they just in a couple weeks. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any update about four tens. They said it's a possibility. How about, uh, Weber baseball bat production status. Is the assembly line still rolling? Is it greased up? Is, are the are the wheels turning? Oh, dude, I've been making hella bats, dude. Fantastic. Okay, BRICS. New candidate countries for BRICS expansion. This was back in early November, November 9th, 2022. If accepted, oh, the new proposed BRICS members would create an Entity with a GDP 30% larger than the United States, over 50% of the global population, and in control of 60% of global gas reserves. And these are just oh, the so these are just the the one the expansion from the original BRICS countries. And there's more, like there's more every single month, dude. There, like there's there, people are signing on. So we got Afghanistan, Algeria. Argentina. Argentina's big, dude. Egypt. Egypt is big, dude. Indonesia. Indonesia's big, dude. Iran. Iran, medium to big, dude. Kazakhstan. Nicaragua. Iran is huge. Iran's, Iran's huge, but in terms of uh, GDP. Hey, hey, they got half of their fucking country is mountains, and the surface area in the mountains is just as large as those islands in Indonesia. Guaranteed. Okay, let me let me go back. Okay, Afghanistan population. You Afghanistan GDP twenty one point five billion, population forty million. Like if we're talking about, sorry, sorry. What I meant to say was accessible mineral wealth in Iran is going to be much easier to get than in Indonesia because Indonesia's islands. You got to dig to it. Uh, well, you got to dig to it either way, but Iran has mountains where you can and, make make a mine above water. And Iran has been vastly limited in their ability to grow because of the United States and our sanctions and that, we, that we've imposed on them and we forced our allies to impose on them as well. Yes. Iran, Iran, if we let them be free and we didn't sanction them, they would be the bees fucking knees in the Middle East, them and Saudi Arabia. It would be them, Saudi and China and Asia and Russia, you know, they would be a contender in the big four. 
Yeah. Well, well, I'm saying like just just in like the Middle East area, it would Iran would be like the the big guy, you know. So but okay. you know why we don't do that? We're scared of them. No, because we support Israel and they hate Iran. Yeah. So, um, I don't want to get into Israel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Yeah, that's a whole goddamn can of worms, man. Okay. Let's not open that up on the podcast. We don't want to get banned. I don't want to get racist. I've already been close <laughs> to <laughs> Afghanistan, Algeria, Argentina, Argentina. I'll say the stats for the big ones. Argentina GDP, uh, 500 billion, population 46 million. Egypt GDP, 400 billion, population 104 billion. Indonesia GDP 1.2 trillion population 276 million Iran Indonesia's in the trillions for their GDP yeah Indonesia's huge dude No I just didn't expect trillion Yeah Iran GDP 231 billion which if we didn't sanction them so much and fuck up trading for it'd them be, it'd be over a trillion that it would be it would be huge um, their population, 85 million. Kazakhstan, Nicaragua, Nigeria. Same thing with them. There's a lot of fuckery that goes in in Africa, but if they're part of these BRICS plus nations and they get these uh, trade routes that are being built by China. Have you heard of all the trade routes the that are being silk, built by the China? Silk, the Silk Road Initiative. It, it, by China. China's doing so much infrastructure work in Africa right now. Yeah, it's the Silk Road initiative to connect uh, China back to Africa and the Middle East through Europe. Their GDP currently is $450 billion, population $211 million. That is going to skyrocket in the next dec- decade. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, they're supposed to be our ally, right? They're not. Dude, they do their own thing. GDP, 833.5 billion. Population, only 35 million. Their GDP is so high for how many people they have. Oh, yeah. Per capita, GDP is the highest in the world. That's why they, yeah. Yeah, that's insane, dude. Senegal, Thailand, GDP, 506 billion. Population, 70 million. The UAE, which... GDP, it says their GDP is 36 billion, their population is 10 million. I don't know. They're 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 growing exponentially right now. The UAE. That's where Dubai is, you know. So there's no no, that's the EAU. The UAE is the United uh that the UAE and the EAU are different. (laughs) What EAU? Yeah, that's um I don't know what the EAU is. The, the UAE is the United Arab Emirates. You know, okay, I got you. Okay. I thought you said UAE. I did. United Arab Emirates, UAE. Oh, gotcha, you, gotcha. You. Okay. That, that's where Dubai is. Right. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that and that stat's not right because I, I searched up Dubai right now. and Well, Dubai, Dubai is... Uh its own country but the u sorry united arab emirates because i the eau the united european union is not the uae the uae is the united 
or sorry, the UAE is United Arab Emirates, which is next to Saudi Arabia. Uh, and then you got like Yemen and Oman and you got Bahrain, you got Kuwait, you got, it's like, you know, and then you got Iran up there too. So it's like, when you're talking about this tiny area of the world, I just was making sure you weren't saying the European Union. No, not but, no, there's no European Union in this in the BRICS. Right, right, right. Okay, just no. I, that's what I was trying to clarify there. U- UAE, United Arab Emirates. That's yes. like where, that's where Dubai is, and they like everyone has heard about how much money is there in Dubai and like all the stuff they're building, like the uh, the line, the line. Have you heard of the line? The globe. Yeah, the line is the. That one's not built yet, but they already have started doing the They started no, they've it's not built, but they're they're building it. They're actively building it right now. They've already started. That's, that's, that's wild, what, dude. That's what's great about their form of government compared to democracy. There's so much bureaucracy and democracy, nothing ever gets done. Look at our no. roads. If they're they got a royal family, they got a king, and he says, Okay. I want to build a giant infrastructure project. Do it tomorrow. It gets well, done tomorrow. It, it gets started tomorrow. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, if you've ever worked construction, it's like working for the homeowner, right? So you got the, the homeowner, you got the foreman, you got the, the, the journeyman and the apprentices. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, there's a, you can, you can just employ the, the you can just get it done. Because right. you don't have to contract out to a company. You don't have to fucking make a bid. You don't have to fucking do this or that. You just like say, hey, we're going to do this. It's going to do this and then this and that. And having, you know, unlimited oil doesn't hurt. Uh, yeah. doesn't- it, it has its drawbacks because of their like ethical, moral and religious beliefs. But, you know, in form of governance and their ability to get shit efficiency. done. Efficiency. Their efficiency is... The top highest. notch. It's top notch. So th- that's uh, that was from November, and I'm pretty sure I've read somewhere that North Korea is in there somewhere, like trying to join or something like that. And North oh, Korea. Oh yeah, yeah. So okay, so those are the additional ones. Those are additional ones. Those aren't even the originals. The originals are Brazil. Russia, Brazil, largest country in South America. Russia, By far. like largest country for like in the world, eastern, eastern in land mass, but like largest country. It's half European, half Asian. It, everyone knows Russia. Okay, India, number one populated country in the world. They've has they've surpassed China in terms of population and. They're in a huge economic boom right now. Like manufacturing is going from China because of all the COVID lockdowns and shit to India for cheap labor. And then it's BRICS. Then they got China. Then they got the second populated and the second cheapest labor in the world. And then they got South Africa, which is the richest country in Africa. So these, and then all the people for the plus nations that I listed and more that are trying to join. So they win, dude. 
and they're making sound current. They're trying to develop a sound currency. It's it's dude. It's it's the next. It's the next generation of this world we live in. Just as an example of uh, what you're talking about, I'm I'm just gonna give an example of it. Um, So I work for the largest employer in my county in America, right? In in Montana, America. (laughs) Okay, my county, the largest employer in my county in Montana, America, uses Oracle. Oracle is an American company. Um, We use a software from Oracle called Opera. Okay. And Opera support for tech support goes through Mumbai, India. Okay. So anytime that our interface and our integration fucks up because I'm a, uh, you know, supervisor, I have to get on the phone with Mumbai and troubleshoot and figure out what the issue is. Um, uh, 15, 20 years ago, if you had an American built American based company that you needed to troubleshoot, you would call an American person. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, so what's funny, it's like, I just, this was last night at, uh, uh, 8 13 p.m uh, our credit card processing went down so we couldn't process credit cards anymore so i had to call tech support which took them 10 minutes to figure out that they didn't know how to fix it which was already which i already knew they didn't know how to fix it because i have to call india every time um but anyway it escalates through two or three people and then we go to india okay so i i talked to two or three people that are american right Okay. So I talked to an American uh, first call representative, which is our, um, that's our tech support is first call. So I talked to the tech support, the tech support uh, calls an American opera representative. They can't figure it out. So then they call their, their supervisor and then they call Mumbai, India. And, and then I sit on the phone and I'm on hold and it's great, but I'm, cause I'm really not on hold. I'm just sitting there like, and I can hear everything. And then you can just hear like people honking horns and like motorbikes revving by. <laughs> and like, um, it really is like a, an, an Indian experience. Um, but they, but they know what they're doing. They, and so my, my, my final point is, is that like, we are outsourcing our jobs to India. Yes, for sure. However, they know what they're doing and they get the job done. And, you know, it's, uh, if, if that's where the future is heading, if America is no longer the cutting edge and it ends up becoming India, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised one bit. Dude, I just did some quick math, rough estimates, and not even with all the countries. Just like the big ones, okay? Just with, like, um, just with Russia, China, India. Ru- China, India. 1.5 billion, 1.5 billion. That's 3 billion people, okay? We got eight. There's 8 billion people. Russia, 200, tw- oh, well, I mean, they've been dying, but. <laughs> 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 Two, let's say 210 million. <laughs> 
210 million. Brazil, 220 million. Argentina uh, was like 80 million. Uh, did I say Nigeria? Nigeria was like 200 million. I did. I added a. Nairobi. Dude, Nairobi, Kenya will become the most populated city in the world. It will surpass Tokyo. I, I did some quick math and just the, the, if this this group has more than half the population of the world america has 330 million and our population is stagnant we're not growing like people can't afford to have kids anymore like we're just, you know what i mean we can't like millennials can't buy a home I'm not i mean some can, but you know it's no. very hard. It's very hard. You know we're we're stagnating. We're not growing in population. Three hundred. What do who do we think we are? Three hundred thirty million can compete against more than four billion people. There's not a chance in hell. There's there's no way we can't do it labor wise. We don't have. They have three. Dude, they have three point. Like just these nations have three point seven billion people more than us. Like, come on. We can't compete labor-wise. We can't compete material-wise. We can't compete mineral-wise. We can't compete on any level of playing field with any sort of unified opposition. We're not even unified. Unified opposition against the USD. Like, not in terms of just financial or even just, like, an alternative. I'm not even saying opposition. I'm just saying if there is a provided alternative to the United States, the world will take that. The world is going to take that. Dude, we're one of the most divided nations in the world. Dude, we can't even unify ourselves because we're a melting pot of a bunch of different ethnicities. These nations, yeah, there's multiple nations get going together for this alliance, but Russia, they're all Russian. Chinese, they're all Chinese. Indian, they're all Indian. <laughs> Nigerian, they're all black. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I said that on purpose, dude. Uh, they're all Nigerian. You know, you know what I mean? America, what's American? It, we're, you're American. You're not like, you don't have your ethnicity like these other countries do. They don't have, right. they, they all have the same culture. We don't have all the same culture in America. We're so divided as a nation. We, there's no way we can compete with them. There's not. But, you know, there is, and, and I don't want to end this on a, or I don't want to not end it, but I, I don't want to leave the impression that I don't believe in America. Because I think that given the opportunity or like, maybe not given, but like, forced into the decision america will always unify you know what i mean it's like most americans and i don't know if this still holds true but it has been for a long time that most americans are way more open-minded than any other society in the world like i you know if you if that that's the idea of the melting pot, right? That's the idea of manifest destiny and, and the whole thing. It's like, we, we are united in our nation and we are a diverse nation. And, you know, if that doesn't hold true, if we're not able to capture that, like that same mentality that won us World War One and World War II, if we're not able to capture that same, same energy and, and re 
recapitulate it, re reallocate it into the 21st century, then China, Russia, Venezuela, this whole conglomeration of countries is going to take over. It's not going to be America is the greatest. It's not going to be that anymore. I, I know we won both world wars, but we kind of cheated. We kind of cheated. We entered both world war- wars. But we didn't cheat because we did the shiesty taxes both times. That means we're good at like there's, the CIA. There's no cheating, there's no cheating in war. CIA, but, well, FBI. Not even we not, got good motherfucking liars. We can lie well. <laughs> Not even not even like that, though. Like we entered the war after everybody else each time. True, because we but, are isolated, dude. Canada and Mexico aren't going to fuck with us. And 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 that's why we will always have the upper hand geographically in any sort of war. But if currency starts to come around and if like we're talking talking about like Brazil and Venezuela and like massive South American, you know, nations. Uh, two largest coming, in South America, right? Brazil and like Argentina. Coming, yeah, coming together to like oppose an American currency, then we're gonna have an issue. And then, dude, I there is a potential that in the future the United States invades Canada, Mexico, and South American countries. There is a potential scenario where we invade. Dude, listen, we are the military superiority power of the planet. You're telling me we can't take over our own fucking land? Like, if you go straight down south, we can take it all over. You go straight up north, we can take it all over. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we if we needed to, right? America can control our land. You would have to cross an ocean to get to us otherwise, if we chose to go that route. Um, but that is always our option. And I think that's why America will, will stay the power, even if this monetary shift happens like in terms of money, I think the money that we have invested already in physical military is going to sustain us as the global superpower for, for, for a long time to come. We're, we'll definitely be a superpower, but, but even if you have but, new money, how long will it take you to invest to the levels that the United States has in the last 20, 30, 40 years of military investment? No one has matched us. We are, larger than the next 10 countries behind us in military investment so we have physical military that we are spending our money in our like u.s dollar u.s fake fake dollar we're spending that on military and that is where we are doing the right thing is we are investing in military because that doesn't go away that tank does not depreciate (laughs) at the same level as a dollar if you have a military to uphold it and like maintenance it and then you have people that know how to deal with those equipments, like that is a good investment. When it comes to power, like war power and that I agree with you. Yeah. We're isolated. We have land. Um, we're surrounded by oceans, protects, protect us. And we're good like allies with our North and South neighbors. But what I'm, I'm not talking about like the, the bricks is good. They're going to come over here and take over us, but monetarily it could really affect the population of the United States, especially the lower and middle class in terms of um, our um, 
what do you call of uh, your status of life? What's that? What's that terminology? Your oh, quality of life. Well, your quality of life, right? Be- in the past, the dollar has been the strongest currency in the world. We've been able to buy things cheap from China, like how you described earlier. But if the dollar is hyperinflates and is not worth shit because it's a fiat currency compared to a sound BRICS currency or a sound Bitcoin, the population It'll be a death by a thousand cuts rather than like a death by a shotgun in the face. It's going to be could, a death by a thousand cuts. We could end up like the people of China or the people of India, right? Those They're powerhouses, right? In terms of population and economic output and ability to produce things. They're powerhouses in that regard. But is there is the majority of their population super rich and wealthy and have a, a high quality and standard of living? No, not really. Probably not. They're not, not really. They're poor. That's what you hear. You hear about them working in sweatshops and stuff, but they're massive, strong countries. Yeah. W- America has a massive and strong military and we could be a strong superpower, but is the, is the population as a whole and is the backbone of the country going to have a qual- high quality of life when the dollar hits the, f- and shit hits the fan like that? You know, you know what I mean? I do. I'm not, I'm not even talking on terms of like us fighting each other, you know? Right. We need to be, we need to produce more ourselves at home, made in America. If that happens, if the dollar hyperinflates, we need to like stop importing shit from other countries. It'll be too expensive and we need to make everything here. Are you watching my dog uh, scratch his head? Yeah, he's going to get vertigo. His head's upside down. (laughs) Um, Dude, yeah, I 100% agree. And I was only bringing up the military aspect because that's where a lot of our new money goes you know mm-hmm. it, it 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 is spent on military shit so but i'm not saying that's bad you know as a socialist you know as a person when you go this is the funny thing that people don't realize is when you go far enough left you get your guns back okay <laughs> so like that's what i'm all about is like defending libertarianism right defending freedom that's what i'm about and that's what the far left it does. You know, socialism is one thing. You can separate all this out in a million different ways. I think that economic freedom to choose as you wish is very important. And this, that's why I'm so excited about this. Like, not, not, well, I'm excited and I'm worried for America, but I'm more excited than I am worried. You know, I'm more excited by this economic opportunity in this conglomeration of we can pivot though we have the opportunity right now as a nation we can pivot and imagine if uh we because they're a group of nations doing this right they have to get everybody on board get everything uh all their ducks in a row but we're a single nation what if we pivoted and we got the dollar back on a gold standard or or a mineral, a rare earth mineral standard. And we did that like real soon. Boom, dude, we're the people still, you know, but they're not doing that. They're just printing more money. They don't even have it. How much talk have you heard about these bank failures? They talk about stimulus, uh, bailing these people out, giving them $2 trillion more dollars. How much more talk have you heard about going back to the gold standard 
the only people you hear talk about are the the outcasts and the common man talking about that. You don't hear the fucking talking heads on TV MS, or the politicians NBC. talking about that. You don't you don't yep. hear you don't hear anybody in power talk or the president talking about a gold standard. You don't hear about any of that. We have the opportunity, but you know they have other agendas. So right, yep. That's true, man. That's true. I think that sums it up pretty good. Should we talk we gotta, about? We, go ahead. I was gonna say, should we uh, talk about Chat GPT? Because we did start. We could hit on it real quick. We don't have to go as deep as we did with all this financial stuff. That yeah. But we did yeah. talk about it a little bit earlier. Right. The main thing that I was talking about with Chat GPT was like its ability to infer. So it's like you can give it like the parameters, like we were talking about parameters. And it will fill that shit in perfectly. Like with writing code, like you can ask it to write fucking code. You don't have to know anything about C or fucking, you know, this or that other code. Like you, you can you can write interfaces between the two saying, I want to do this thing, I want to do that thing. And Chat GPT has such an intimate knowledge of programming in code that it can write those things and it can combine these things and it can it's just oh dude it's fucking nuts it's like a, i the way that i see it is like a whirlpool it's like or like a singularity you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's like a spiral that goes down and it gets faster and smaller and faster and smaller and then and then you start getting like sparks flying off because it's too fast and it's too small and then one of those sparks is going to cause sentience or like, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, we're hitting some shit now. It's just crazy, man. It's chat GPT is doing things that humans haven't done. It's doing things that we have yet to do. It is not just emulating us. It is doing what we would do faster and just not better but it's like it's it's a continuous experiment that is like pushing the limits of what we can do at the moment it's going to start pushing science faster it's enabling people it's It's enabling it's enabling a catalyst it's enabling the common man to do things that they've never been able to do before as well you know like i don't know how to i i understand code i can read code and i can understand when i read it because i've taken i took three coding classes computer science classes when i was at sierra but i can't like sit down and write out code myself you know i have a level of understanding when i read it and because it's all logic based but now chat gbt if i can code something for me if I want an iOS app. If I want to become an app developer and upload my own app to the store, it's one of the new things about GPT-4 is that you can tell it to make a basic, it can make games. You can tell it to code you a basic video game and you can create brand new games 
without knowing how to code or even what language it's coding it in, you know? So it's enabling the common man to sort of like live out their dreams and live out their imagination in, in a way. Which has its own societal impact. It's kind of having a, an even impact across all sectors. So it's like the people that are really down in the, in the weeds of coding and computer engineering are seeing a benefit, right, from this technology. The people that are really down on the basic foundational level of this, this stuff, they're seeing a benefit from this technology. As well as, like you just said, the common man is also seeing a benefit from this technology. If you're telling me, if you're asking me if there's one thing that's going to, you know, and this is just based off of the trial data that we've gotten in the last year. How long has ChatGPT been around? You know, a couple it, years. The only stuff, like, dude, I guarantee, like, there's military stuff that they got that's, they, what, some, some startup was working on and the military went in and was like, nope, you're working for us now. You know, yeah. there, if this was so revolutionary, they would have locked it up first. They wouldn't let it go out to the public right away, you know? So, but, but, we're seeing clear signs now where it's leaked through enough, you know, like GPS, perfect example, like military yeah. data, military yeah. chose it, but it's like, now we all use it. This is now we're starting to get the, you know, trickle down uh, of this computer. And I, I think there's much less interference from the military and government with this sort of a thing than there is with like, you know, classic uh, technology i think this stuff is so much more open sourced than uh everything else in the past that it's like yeah sure the military could be working on the same thing but if you have fucking two hundred thousand randoms on reddit uh and you show them a fucking code problem to solve they're gonna fucking solve it quicker than the military <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah i think with open source now i think that that's more of a interesting you know vein of like the whole because obviously it's going to be life-changing it's going to be radical when this you know sort of uh singularity is recognized that like you and, and i'm not i don't want to put words in your mouth but like when you start talking about like you know the apex of of computers and processing and that's one of my topics was um like teleportation on the quantum level which is based on quantum computers which is based on all of this like you know chat gpt only exists because we have all this extra processing power right so you have all this extra room to process data essentially this large brain um to run these programs that are things like chat gpt and these algorithms that's one part of the the whole thing right the other part of it is processing power okay and in order to get that processing power it takes energy it takes physical space um quantum computers solve both of those issues by making computing power very small and by making memory storage very small so by by having a quantum computer, you can solve both of those big energy requirements, which means chat GPT 
could become a fucking self-thinking organism in no time if you put chat gpt on a fucking quantum computer you know what i'm saying like we're not there yet but like one of my topics which i didn't get to fully write down so we'll save it for next week was quantum teleportation it's like this this idea of physical packets of memory and energy and data moving between spaces faster than you know allowed for by normal physics so like the quantum computing realm where the speed of light doesn't really isn't a limiting factor, or it is but it's there's no resistance to it you know anyway i don't know where uh, where we were going with that yeah man dude ai man um i've been thinking about it recently i'm not i'm not stephen hawking i'm not albert einstein i'm not uh i'm not yeah i'm not a savant but um this was just one idea that popped up into my head was a lot of people talk about what what's it called a von neumann Von von Neumann machine when it could self-replicate, right? Van Buren. Is it? Let me let me look von it up. Von Neumann. I think Maybe. it's a von. Von Neumann machine. Uh, maybe that's not it. Van Buren. Oh, ca- nanobots capable of self-replicating. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Self-replication, Self- bro? Self-replicating machine, autonomous robot. The concept of self-replicating machines has been advanced and examined by Homer Jacobson, Edward F. Moore, Freeman, John Von Neumann. Yeah, it's a Von, so a Von Neumann machine. Von Neumann probe, that's what it's called. A Von Neumann probe is a theoretical theoretical example of a self-replicating machine. And so uh, what people have talked about is like sending a self-replicating probe out into the universe to go explore, right? You know, it could do whatever, get materials and like self-replicate itself and then multiply. You make a self-replicator that that creates a cell tower, you know, or like a self-replicating signal beam that you send out. And there's ideas that those have already been sent out by other more advanced civilizations. Right. That, that's like, that's an idea, but we have in our society, this idea that this Von Neumann probe, this Von Neumann machine, everything we build, right. Is like, Silicon, metal, based, computing power, robotic, right? Electricity, electric, right. Um, But I've been thinking about it recently, and I've been thinking about, like, ancient, like, like, holy books, mythologies and texts and stuff, and we hear things like in the Bible how we are created in the image of God. We hear about the Anunnaki genetically engineering humans. Um, 
And then you think about there's so many elements in or on the periodic table. There is like a there's a huge possibility that we're just carbon based von Neumann machines, but we're yes. organic. We're not like we think like society and a lot of people think about it just in what we can produce, what we could potentially make ourselves. But there's a possibility that there's a species of extraterrestrial or whatever of life that created us and what they're great at manipulating was carbon, you know, and they created, we self-replicate, you know, we reproduce, they don't have to do anything. We re- reproduce ourselves, you know, we have you know scary? genetic code, dude. We have DNA with four pairs, you know, listen, man, just think about this. Four okay. bases. Four, just think about this. Molecules. The smartest people of our species, right? Humankind, everything that we know about, the smartest people that we have right now. We can only account for fucking 20% of shit that's in the universe. Okay? Dark matter, dark energy account for 80% of shit. Okay? And we don't know what that is. That's why we call it dark. You know, like we have, I've had segments on here where we're trying to explain this stuff, but we don't get it. We don't know. And there is a very real possibility that we are some little slime mold. You know, we are some sort of holographic projection that has no, no actual soul. You know, we have no right to know how the universe works because we are too stupid. You know, there, there is the option. There is the potential chance that we are just little, like you said, little fucking things. You know, we're just like the chemical reaction uh, of this thing that happened and it's like guess what our brain is never going to be able to understand the universe like the actual universe our we're just we, we can't understand it there's no way we can understand it you know there there is a chance that we don't have the knowledge but there is a chance there is a hundred percent that the there is a reality that it does exist and that there is an ability to understand it. So where do we where do we fall on the line of are we able to understand it? And do we understand it? And you know what I mean? It's like this yeah. line. Like, well, I got so, I got something to say about that. I, I got go. I got two. Th- I want to I want to say something about that. And it pertains to the idea of infinity. But yeah, I, I do want to go back. Uh, so. The, yeah, dude, I'm at, so we have the, the we have these books that say. Um, we're creating the image of we're or like we're modified or something. There could be an alien species. They don't have finite, they don't have infinite resources, but they go, they plant the they plant genetic Seed. seeds, the cedars, there's cedars, and they plant plant genetic seeds. So we self-replicate and we have this curiosity in in ourselves to inherently. To to grow, to evolve, to go to outer space, to explore. And then we, and then, yeah. And that, we then, then we become the Von Neumann machine and we do the same thing and as they're doing, you know, but I want to go back to what you're saying. Um, um, there's a potential of not ever knowing. So in mathematics, I was actually talking with uh, this dude at my work. His name's Andrew. 
super smart dude. I've been trying to get him on the pod, dude. He's he's super smart. Um, his dad was um his his uh he watched a movie one time, saw so it's a Tom Cruise uh crazy uh military stuff. I'm not gonna get more, <laughs> I'm not gonna get more into his ties, but uh super smart dude. Um but we were talking the other day about in mathematics, the idea of infinity and the idea of zero. So mathematically, infinity is a real thing. Mathematically, zero is not a real thing. Zero is a representation, but it does not actually exist. Um, right, 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 right. And, and so in the universe, um, we have the newest, greatest thing. It's the James Webb telescope. We can look back in time, but the further we look back in time, the more we see these galaxies that are mature, fully formed galaxies. And we're like, man, that shouldn't be right. Why are they like this? You know, we, we have more questions than answers, right? This was also an idea that was going in my head. If infinity is actually a real thing that could be represented mathematically, Maybe it's the deal that in this reality that we live in, the more we search for answers, we find, we find certain answers, but then the more questions arise for us. We look, we look, we look. It's just never ending, right? The universe always been here. The, it, the deeper we go, the, we go quantum, okay? We find these particles, okay? What's next, dude? It just goes on forever, and it's inf infinite. It's just how it is. It's infinity. The resolution, the resolution of reality, right? You look at pixels on a screen. In, zoom in, in, reality? in and up, you know, bigger than us and smaller than us. Yes. We're in the middle, and it just we're just part of, you know, like, you know, there's the uh, wave, there's the spectrum of wavelengths, you know, we can only see sure. this, and it just it's that for us, but it's in this reality. And it's, uh, I don't know, dude, I don't know if that explained if that like came across and I described it well, but no, it did because that's what I'm saying is that, like, once you get to that upper extreme of like comprehension, once you're trying to understand things on a level of like absolutes, like this is an absolute, this is an absolute. This is like, we can't explain gravity. We can't explain, you know, the size of the unit. We can't explain the expansion of you. We can't explain all these things. Right. So it's like, is it because they're unexplainable or is it because our brain is so tiny, <laughs> you know, that we can't explain it to ourselves because we're just so dumb. And that's probably the most likely answer. It's like what's happening is probably very explainable. It's just that we don't have the capacity, the mental capacity to understand, it, you know. So, uh, you know, there, there are these things. And when you start talking about like ESP and like all of these other like uh, meta phenomenon who knows about that stuff, you know, but to me, what it would really start to look like when you have like superpowers is just like understanding more, you know, is just being able to understand more than the other person. And that's, you know, it's like I, Elon, I think, dude, Elon's got the bigger brain. He's got way more ripples, dude. I'm a fucking smooth brain and he can be the CEO of five companies all at the <laughs> same time. And be fucking one of the lead engineers on these rockets that are landing themselves in freaking electric cars and 
He helped create PayPal, which revolutionized digital monetary transfer. You know, there's dudes like that, and then there's the basics. <laughs> but yeah, dude, uh, our brain's so small. I do think when it comes to gravity and dark energy, eventually, you know, it could be a, a centuries, it could be millennia from now. I, I think but, but, we'll eventually but even explain if we understand it. it. Is it is it just gonna be like a, an analogy? Like, will we ever be able to fully understand it? Or is it just going to be like, oh, we understand it because it's like this, you know? Like, will our brains be able to comprehend it fully? Or is it just going to be like, we'll get it because it's kind of like this. Like, a black hole, we kind of understand because it it's like a whirlpool, Like you know? It's, it's like, like light. Life, it's a particle, but it's a wave at the same yeah. time? What? Yeah, those are things <laughs> that we understand. It's like, that's not what it is. That's like, those are things that we think that it's like. Yeah. You know, that's not actually what light is. That's just like things that we think that light is like that we can explain it like, you know, so it's like, will we be able to grasp the depth and the and the complexity and the nuance of the universe eventually? Or are we always going to be at the level of like, you have to draw an analogy for us to understand it? You know, that's, that's sort of what I was getting at is. Um, I think we'll be able to understand those things and then apply engineering and use them through and apply, and, and apply engineering to engineering applications. Like I think we're going to definitely like in the future, know more about gravity or dark matter or dark energy. But once we get to that level, I also like when it comes to like infinite I infinity, we're, we'll, we'll understand that. But then I also think there's going to be questions past that. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll, right. Okay, we're going to understand gravity, we're going to understand dark energy, but then we're going to discover something else that's unexplainable. And then right. we figure that out and we discover something else that's unexplainable. I think it just goes on like that forever. I, I don't think there's ever an end to it. I think there's the just... Same way, the same way that you go from, uh, you know, Montana to Sanders County to St. Regis to Justin to my skin molecules, to my atoms, to my protons, neutrons, electrons. And then is it strings? Is it, you know, what, what is the underlying fabric? And it goes both ways. It's like, you know, how, yeah. how big do you get? How small do you get in terms of what you delineate as something that's worth saying? It's like, is it, is, is it worth going smaller than an atom? Maybe. Is it worth going bigger than the galaxy? Probably. But it's like, you know, how do you know where to stop your comprehension of reality? Where do you know when to draw the line on certain things? It's kind of a concept where. I think that uh, this just popped in my head. Uh, I never thought of it before until just now. And when you said that there's like it goes like super small, goes super big. Is is there a is that part of a line that's drawn in between dimensions is magnitudes of size. And that kind of separates dimensionally. The power that they have only extends through a certain amount of dimensions, maybe. Right. Because you talk uh, like Einstein and space time, uh, what is it? Space time reality, right? Mass has. The fabric. The fabric. fabric. The, the fabric is space-time. Mass, mass sits in the fabric. Mass has uh, influence on 
time, time. Di- time and dilation, right? So in this dimension, we're this size, we experience time this way. But if you go 10 magnitudes of order higher, the and their time is going to be way different than our time down here. Is that a dimensional, is that considered a different dimension? Is that a split right there? You, you or is that just, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yes. We can't yes, go absolutely. there. It's not like we, it's, it's so much bigger than us. It's not like we can actually go there. You know, we can't so, go so, to that other dimension. Right. But this is an interesting thing. So when you start to think about things on our plane of existence, on our level of like size and reality, like a, uh, like a bug, you could drop a bug from a tree. It's going to hit the ground. and It's going to be fine. If you drop a, a monkey from a tree, it could hit the ground. Maybe it'll bounce. Maybe it won't. If you drop a fucking big elephant from the top of a tree, it's going to hit the ground. It's going to die. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. so there are these levels of reality where, you know, maybe physics affects things differently in a dimensional way. Um, and I don't know where you start to draw the line between forces, like the force of energy and that dimensional change. But like, I know that even in my own observations, I could drop a bug from a foot up and that's going to have a different physical reaction than dropping a large amount of weight from high up. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. is, is that a dimensional change? Is that when do you start de- de- delineating between dimensions and like what aspect that's going to have? Because my phone, the reason I'm able to talk to you right now is uh, fucking electrons and shit. That's a different dimension, bro. To me, I cannot mm-hmm. see an electron. I cannot see an electron. I don't know how electricity works. I don't know any of that shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I kind of do, but I really don't, you know? So that is also its own thing. Um, but when you start talking about, like, reality and the effect that it has on reality, that's the interesting part. And I don't think we know anything about that. I don't, I don't know of any tests being run to test that. Yeah, I definitely feel like once you hop dimensions like that, physics has to change. It's not, it can't be the same. There's, there's no way. Quantum physics on the small quantum level is not the same as the physics that we are here, even though they interact in some way. Think, you of, know? think of surface tension on water. Mm-hmm. Surface, if you're a small, if you're small. Dude, think of how powerful surface tension would be. If you're like a little small thing, if you're like a roly-poly-oly bug. Bugs float. Get, yeah, but but like imagine like you're something so small that like you're caught on the surface of a, of a drop of water, right? And you have gravity pulling down on you. You got air resistance. You got whatever. You weigh something. But, but surface tension of water, which is its own like physical property. Like why? It doesn't why affect water, us at all doesn't affect us but if we're small enough it would have a massive effect that would be a dimensional change that would be like being in a different dimension would be having surface tension effects interact with you you know like if my body right now if all the water in my body decided to go surface tension <laughs> i would die yeah you know? like if all the water in my body decided to fucking whoop, what are those bugs that that float on the top? Or they don't actually, they're not floating. It's not from buoyancy. No. It's from the surface tension. What are those bugs called? Yeah. When you're fishing, um, you see them? I forget yeah, what they're yeah, called. Yeah. You know what I'm talking um, about. They're skinny. I know what you're talking about. And the they're, their feet are like ones. this. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're floating, not because of the buoyancy, not like how we have no. ships. They're no. floating because of the surface tension surface of the water. Tension. They have little, they have little tendrils. They're called tendrils. They go off of their their uh, arms and their legs. It's like a feather, and and they sit on top of the water because they're pressing down on the top of the water, and the surface tension is what's keeping them up. Water striders. So What's that? Water striders? Yeah, striders, yeah. Is that is that what's the yeah? What's the scientific name? Water striders. Stridelius. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um yeah. But yeah, no, that's surface tension. So that's a dimensional shift. You know, imagine dropping down your size by a thousand times and then having surface tension being like the overwhelming force in your life like right now the overwhelming force in my life is gravity mm -hmm. right it's like that's the big one for me and that's just because we're on the middle ground we're in the middle ground like you were saying like we're right in the middle you know sorry i'm getting some wine out of my uh 34 <laughs> franzia yeah, yeah franzia, dude franzia in a while so once you go up like small or once you go up really big, yeah, like there's different there's different stuff that's affecting tension. different there's different things that are affecting different things, you know? Like yes. so yeah, like so like you're saying, so there's there's water water uh tension, right? Or surface tension of water when you're that small and you're that light. But so we get really big we get the size of galaxies then we got these black holes dark energy dark matter there's stuff that's affecting it it's on a level magnitude bigger than we are we can't explain it just like we can see the surface tension we're able because we're we pretty, cannot explain surface tension bro well, there is no we can observe we it we don't understand lift like on an airplane we don't know how airplanes fly we don't know how that works does that not have to do with like the air density? It does. Uh, like we understand it on a mathematical level, but we don't know why. You know what I mean? We don't know why. We don't know why surface tension is real. We don't know why aviation lift works on an airfoil, right, of a wing. We don't know why there's more lift at the back than the front. Like, yes, there's an, uh, uh, an explanation for it mathematically, but there's like, you know, like what you're saying. Once you scale to a different size, there's different forces affecting you. Yeah wild dude and I, I feel like that it the the more i learn the more i believe like this shit just goes on infinitely i don't think there's an end i think i don't think there's an end when it comes so all you that. think once you get past like like strings like vibrating strings that create the uh, particles that are electrons neutrons bosons leptons muons all of these different fundamental building blocks it's just going to go deeper and deeper yeah, I, I don't think there's an end, small and large and time-wise, too. Like, I don't think there was ever, and like, there's not, I don't think there's ever nothing, right? Zero is not math, a mathematical thing. It doesn't exist. It's a representation, but it's not an actual thing. So the thing. Big Bang came from something before it, like, it had to come. It had to come from something, and it's just how we describe it, right? Mathematically or whatever, you know? I just think, yeah, time is, I think it's just always been and always will. And even though 
as humans and as living as a species might not always have been or always will. I think reality and just like existence has always been and always will. Right. That's and, that's and it could be on any form. It could be on any, any scale. Any form that we can't even describe in words, you know. Any do scale. Boy, do we got the boy ready for his way in or no? Uh, dude, no, I, I don't know. I texted him. I asked him if he still want to come on and, um, he had, he hasn't hit me back. So, and that was like around six o'clock so, and it's been almost 45 minutes since then. So show, maybe, show. maybe next time, maybe next time, but yeah, dude, the, the more, the more I learn and think about things, that's the more what I lean towards, you know, obviously it's not like an answer I'm going to put all my eggs in the basket for, but it's not something that's going to affect me in my everyday life, but I feel like that's where my mind's headed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like, it's a crazy thing to think about the, like, all it would take is like a new piece of equipment to like harness. Like if we could take, the power that is surface tension and somehow harness that and make it like a large scale thing. It's like, if we could take a force amplifier, imagine for air surface tension for air. And then we're just like, whoop, and we could float in air. That's Sur- what I mean, dude, you know maybe what dude. Why have I never heard of UFOs explained as air surface tension? All I've heard is know. like anti anti-gravity, this anti-gravity that like, it doesn't have to be like, gravity based. I've never heard of like air surface tension. I'm sure if they could create, like, if they could, like, imagine this, like, the shell of the ship is so cold that it creates a filter of water around it, like, or it, it, like, crystallizes the the water in the air, and then creates a fucking surface tension bubble, and it floats based on that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there could be so many explanations for that levitation that could be explained through, yeah, some sort of force amplifier, like, taking a tiny force and making it bigger on on a bigger thing, you know? could easily be explained by that if you know you have the math back it up it's dude it's so crazy there's like newtonian physics that explains like classic classic physics there's like quantum physics there's fucking mag magnetics there's like electromagnetics electricity there's fucking sound sound resonance dude there's like you know there's so much weird shit out there and there's i don't know Gravity is only slightly explained by Newtonian physics. Gravity is not fully explained by Newtonian physics. It's, it's not the explained. Effect, it's described. It describes the effects of gravity. It doesn't describe gravity itself. It describes the effects of gravity. So if there's another effect or a, you know, if there's other properties of gravity that we can exploit, or if there's other properties of the other things that we can exploit in a non-conventional means, you know, that's where, that's where we're headed is trying to you know describe those undescribable things and i don't know yeah it's it's so crazy like we have like so the electromagnetic spectrum right and we have the ability to use light waves to and And electricity and electricity and magnetism to transfer data but also it also is illuminating to our eyes and it also like that same way that we transfer data and for that that in that because they're wavelengths we can also use that same way to transfer data if we're using sound 
like with Morse code, yes. right? Morse code yes. is, is the same for if you're doing sound, beep, 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 beep. It's the same if you're flashing a light, you know, it's very, is there a way like we could do like gravity that way? We could use did Morse I, code did I cover gravity. This last week? Did I cover this last week where they were transposing electrical data into sound waves? Did I cover this? Uh-uh. Because this is one of the things I was reading recently on fizz.org is that like one of the new groundbreaking techniques they had for like quantum computing was being able to store data in sound waves. So you have a way to take that quantum, you know, electron, right? Because that's what quantum computing is, is storage and electrons. It's like electron storage, right? So trying to get that storage down to the smallest level possible is electron storage. So you put an electron in a certain state which represents a one or a zero. And when it changes that state, that's like, you know, it'll send the data or it'll receive the data. So you put it in a one or a zero and that's as small as you can get, right? Is an electron representing a one or a zero. At yeah, our true or, level. Like a, a, in logic, a true or a false. Right. And that's as small as we can get right now is electron level, right? And that's quantum computing is electron level. But electrons are made of fundamental particles. They're made of quarks. So if you can store data on a quark level <laughs> or a fucking like a muon level, then you're then you're in a whole nother realm of computing. But um, but yeah, we're able at this moment to store like that level of electronic data in a in a one or a zero at that level. And that's you know, I think where we're headed is kind of going to be, you know, more, if not quantum computing, it'll be more like, just like, but that's where the mineral stuff comes back into it, dude. If you have cobalt, if you have lithium, if you have these ways to create these industrial centers of, of data storage, you will be able to use like these chat GPT algorithms on a larger scale because you have more more data and more like storage to be able to support them. And I think that's the only limiting factor on the AI is the storage is the physical data limits that we place on the chat GPT algorithms. It's like, how much memory do we allow it to use? How much do we allow, how much processing power do we give or how much can how much processing power can we give chat GPT? You know, like how much, energy can we give it and that is like the limiting factor i don't know i don't know if if there's like a better way to advance right now you know just because i mean when's the last time you heard about like a a a team of scientists discovering something new you know it's been a fucking while, man. It's mostly all data science and data discovery is what we're working like, on. Like observational? Right. Yeah. There's been less physical discovery. It's more like data discovery. Mm-hmm. It's like what like we, discovering we got, what we can do rather than discovering new things and new material sciences. Right. Um, I, I want to do a uh, podcast in the future. I got to do some more research and looking into it, but it's something that is really fascinating to me, but it's, uh, I, I want to do something about numeral systems, uh, different numeral systems. So right now 
like base modern, 10? modern civilization uses base 10 or decimal um yeah numer numeral system then like i were saying like binary right that's like one and zero true false and that's like computer at the basic basis computer programming but we have developed languages to where we can manipulate that using like our modern languages and whatnot but then there's so there's binary there's ternary three quaternary four quinary Centenary, septenary, octal, nonary, nine, decimal ten. There's dude, there's it hex hexadecimal. Is that twelve? Hexadecimal. Hexadecimal, I believe, is twelve base. And that's like hexadecimal sixteen. Sixteen. That is yeah. what um base is that 16. what like the Mesopotamians used or something? Like there there was a um like an ancient number system based on hexadecimal and it just makes more sense because 16 is you can break it down it's a square number you know four times four is 16 it's a square number and it's it's a much more it's much better than 10 it's a way better number than 10 if you go off a of 16 is you it know? that's because five yeah it's it's got more it's because it's a square number it's got more numbers that go into it than 10 you know, four goes into it, three goes into it. The oh, wait, it? let's see, no, the Babylon the Babylonians used oh bro, the Babylonian number system used base 60 instead base of 60. 10. 60, they use sexagesimal. S-E-X-A-G-E-S-I-M-A-L. Yeah, there we go. Okay, and it had and it had no zero, zero wasn't thing. So that there dude, that go. that's a very interesting thing. We because our thought process as like a society is constrained, but the majority, majoritively in base ten mathematical thinking, dude. What if there is like a way to use another number system? to find out more answers in absolutely. mathematics, you know? Absolutely. And like, I like sexagesimal Babylonian numerals. Okay. I don't even know where to start when it comes to thinking in that way. 60 dude, we got 10. I can count <laughs> using my fingers, dude. <laughs> There's right. I think they would use they would use their toes and things, and it was like a. Uh, I, I can't I I don't recall the exact reason, but it was like something that they were trading in. It was a physical object that would like. It would break into sixes. It was like three on one side, three on the other. I don't know if it was shells. I don't know if it was a certain type of rock, but it was something that fragmented into like six pieces. So they would account ten ten fingers to each piece and there's six of them so it was like 60 so but that's where the base came from was like 10 fingers on six things that were uh uh you know dimensionally deposed they were you know it was like three on top three on bottom like i don't know what it was but th there was a reason why they chose that so um, um that, that also leads to like where the origins of our current like society and civilization stem from. 
I, I got this pulled up right here. Ancient civilizations, world.com. And they got an article about ancient numeral systems, Hebrew numeral system. Hebrew numeral system is an alphabetic quasi decimal system in which the letters of the Hebrew alphabet are used. It is a non-positional system, which relies on 22 symbols. So it's like all that stuff, like Da Vinci code, you know, like there's numbers in letters mean the numbers, letter, the letters mean the numbers and there's hidden messages in the ancient holy text and all that. <laughs> they use 22 Babylonians. They had 60 Egyptian numeral system. They use a system to write numbers in base 10 Roman numeral system. Base 12. Um, that was, uh, it is base. It says base 10 here for Roman. Okay. Base 10 and use like, but it utilized seven symbols. So maybe I, they added them together. I don't know. It's, it's like a little short blurb. I'm not, it doesn't go in detail. I, this is, um, this would be a good future podcast uh, topic. Most, to, most uh, of the ones are, yeah. Most of the ones Numerology. are base 10. Most of the ones are base 10. Um, but yeah, dude, we could go deep into this. Uh, Aztec was 20. Uh, what was Maya? Maya was 20 as well. There's thing, there's weird things too. Maya's had a base 20 system with five as an auxiliary base, which that's what you were saying about with a, like the Babylonians. They had like six or 10 and they would split that up. The Babylonians had a base 20 in their like, they would do five and then flip over or something like that, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Arabic uh, has a symbol for zero and utilizes nine symbols. I think that's, that's similar to base 10 more we use now. Yeah, dude. Very interesting. I feel like if you're, I feel like if a civilization goes that down that route using a different numeral system too, it takes them down a whole like different way of thinking it as does. well, a different logic base. Yes. You know? And they, they could totally think of way different things that we had no idea of or no. When the foundation that you build off of is completely different, you're going to come up with different ideas. Yeah. hundred percent. I did 100%. get an, I did get an update from brian he hit me back just a minute ago and said he had to take his dog to the vet he threw up all over his room he's bummed he, he missed the podcast um but he hopes to be on soon that's, yeah that's he had, he had emergency so we love you all ryan right, well all right, dude. i'll save my uh my astronomy stuff for next week because uh I didn't get a chance to really dive too deep on the research. So I'm, I'll put, I'll cross my eyes and dot my T's. Yeah. There, there's alien motherships that are sipping energy from the sun right now. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> the CIA said so, dude. The Pentagon. All right, bro. Yeah, great podcast, dude. That was that fun. Was a good one. We went, we went hardcore into some stuff. Yes, sir. All right, man. That's what we until, do. We until next week. Basics. Out. Oh! 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 Oh!